Today's episode of Chalk Talk is our continuing series of featuring teachers of the year. So SHAPE honors a lot of different teachers from across the country, and we want to chat with them not only about physical education, but the greater education space, both working with kids and in the world of fitness, physical education, athletics, and all of the different things that we typically talk about here on Chalk Talk. So we'll bring on Nick Clements to the episode today. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. I'm Doug Curtin. Let's go. What's up, Doug? How's it going? I'm really privileged to be on the air with you today. I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have. Awesome, Nick. I'm looking forward to it too. It's a, a privilege and a pleasure to have you on. Um, for those of the, the folks listening across the country, would you mind just telling us a little bit about your experience as a teacher and you know, uh, where you are now in, in your, your career, just so you know, the folks at home know exactly who they're listening to? Yeah, so um, I, I actually started, I went off to college to uh, play baseball and I actually was a journalism major to, to begin my career. Um, but then uh, I ended up quitting the game of baseball and I just had a whole changing of everything I wanted to do. And uh, one of the, the majors I was really interested in was exercise science. And in getting in that, that major, uh, I saw that, you know, physical education and coaching could be a career for me. And it was something that never really occurred to me until I was in college. And uh, so once that door opened up, I just like became infatuated with it and made it like a huge part of my life to where I completely changed everything I was doing. I got super into fitness, health, wellness, and it just was something that, that really was a huge priority in my life. And uh, I just, you know, really looked forward to the opportunity to, to teaching and uh, coaching as well. And a big thing was, and it still affects me to this day, you know, 10 years ago was when I made this, this change. I was a sophomore in college and uh, I actually, I quit the game of baseball, um, not because, just because I, I just, you know, didn't really want to play anymore, but also too, because, you know, I was an immature kid and it's still the past 10 years. I think about that decision and how I made the wrong decision in quitting the game almost every single day. So it's just one of those little things where like, as a teacher, I use that as, as a tool to kind of be, you know, I want to be the coach that I, I didn't have at that time, if that makes sense, you know, kind of help guide my athletes to be like, Hey, listen, you know, before you make decisions, like, let me talk to you about these decisions because I, I've lived it, you know, and I think as a teacher that, that really is my guiding thing that I, that I use. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of those big things that, that, that definitely resonates with me in particular is that, you know, everybody just needs a little bit of guidance and, and needs somebody in their life they can talk to. And, you know, maybe you would have still maybe, you know, not continued with baseball and gone on a different trajectory, but you would have had, maybe a little bit less doubt or regret. And I think a lot of times teachers or coaches present that opportunity or that trusting relationship, which is uh, I think important and a, a cool place because we're going to be talking today about kind of the power of positivity. Um, something that you really are, are passionate about and you've spoken to at, at conferences and different things like that. But before we jump into that, um, you were a, middle school teacher and a baseball coach and a softball coach now are you still at the middle school level have you changed where you're at what's kind of been your teaching career after you know graduating from college yeah so what happened was um i graduated college and physical education jobs are, are hard to come by um and so i didn't get a job right out of uh 
out of college. So I had to work a job. And then I also too was a substitute teacher. And I think substitute teaching for an entire year, it, it really helped me grow as a teacher, as an educator, because you kind of, you're, you're teaching different subjects, you're, you're experiencing all different learning environments, and it really helps you grow as a teacher. And then I got a teaching job, actually, I was a part-time middle school teacher and a part-time elementary school teacher, um, teaching physical education. And so I, I was extremely fortunate in being able to experience and start my teaching career that way because it made me grow as an educator. It was kind of a sink or swim thing. Like, you know, you, I had to wear many different hats and apply to many different uh, educational settings and learning styles in order to be successful. Um, but this year is my first year actually at the high school level. So this is my sixth year total teaching, but I've, I've been fortunate enough, very fortunate to be able to teach at the primary level, first grade, third grade PE, but also teach middle school PE for five years. And then now I'm teaching high school health, high school physical education, and high school weight training. So uh, in six years, I've been able to fit a lot of different things in, which yeah. I'm super, super fortunate and lucky to, to be able to have experienced all those things in that short amount of time. Sure. And I think, you know, obviously you have run the gamut across your different teaching experiences like you talked about. And not only that, you've, you've also been a coach. Do you kind of feel like even though there's a lot of different things that you've had to do with different groups and, and obviously working with a second or third grader is going to be different than working with an 11th or 12th grader, but do you feel like you've had anything be really consistent throughout, be it positivity or how you interact or how you carry yourself, no matter what group you're working with? Uh, the biggest consistency I can say in my teaching is just um, energetic, just just being energized to, to be there around the kids, but also to from that energy stems relationship building. And, and you just got you have to no matter what age level the kids are at, you have to be able to establish a relationship with it. And it could be something as simple as, you know, just learning a kid's name, like that's the foundation of starting a relationship with the kids and like, you know, greeting them by name each day. Um, and that, that's all across the board, K through 12, like kids love to be recognized, especially by their teachers. So if you can establish those relationships, it really sets the, the groundwork for you to be a successful teacher. And, you know, there's an old saying out there that, you know, ki kids don't learn from uh, people they don't like. I mean, I know that's pretty, pretty brash, but I mean, it, it's true. You know, you, you have to be someone that establishes that relationship with those kids. So that way you can further your teaching with them, no matter what it is, whether you're teaching them, you know, just basic fundamental movements, or you're teaching them something more complex, like, you know, developing a proper weightlifting program for a high school student. Right, for sure. And that actually, I love that point, because it's something that I've actually heard now from a few physical education teachers, and one of which, uh, Molly Collins, who has written a few articles that have been on platform, she mentioned that as one of her, like, top five things you can do to make it a welcoming environment is greet kids by name. And yeah, it's, and it's something I never to, thought about. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't mean to cut you off. It's good that you mentioned Molly. Cause I actually looked on, you know, looking at the articles in the blog posts on platform. And that was one thing that resonated with me was Molly has an article talked about that talks about motivating students in PE. And she kind of gives you five reasons uh, or five ways in which you can do that. And that's yeah. one of the things she mentioned. So to see the other four though, you have to go read it. But uh, <laughs> that's it, right. That's it's right. a great article. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and I think it's cool. And it's like stuff that you take for granted. Like I, to your exact point, you know, there's certain kids as I'm coaching and working with a, a group, some are shy and timid and just going up and saying, hello, you know, Jim, John and Joe, it, it makes them feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm welcomed here. You know, 
my, my adult cares about me and I want to be here to your point, however brash it might be, you know, kids are going to learn things from the people that they like and the people that yeah. they trust. And, and you start with that baseline of just energetic, you know, passionate and the kids feel that, you know, they're not, they're not tone deaf to that, whether they're in second or third grade or they're in 11th or 12th, like, you know, that, that kind of, um, natural energy and, and passion always is going to shine through. And, and to, to add to that, you know, the big thing with the teaching profession is, uh, especially in the high school level, what I've seen is like, you're preparing these kids for a life after high school. And, you know, John Gordon is a, is a guy I'm going to reference quite a bit in this podcast. He, uh, he's a motivational speaker. He writes a lot of self-help books. And one of the things his mantra is, you know, people don't quit their jobs, they quit their bosses. So, I mean, you know, it's important to get along and establish relationships with people and, some of these kids, you know, they're going to end up being bosses someday and they have to be someone that is approachable and someone that others are willing to learn from. So it's one of those things. And here's another one for you too, is uh, I always think it's interesting as a teacher is like when a kid's absent, make note of that the next day, like nothing makes a kid feel more wanted to be around than when a teacher comes up to him and says, Oh, Hey John, like, you know, we missed you yesterday. Like I, I noticed you were absent and like, you know, that just, it really feels good for a kid to realize, holy cow, like my teacher realized I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, sure. That really is impactful. Like, you know, in classes of 30 or more kids, like to be like, wow, like they noticed I wasn't here and like went out of their way to tell me like that they missed me yesterday. Like that just for some kids, it doesn't mean much, but for other kids, like that means their entire world that you took a couple seconds out of your day to notify, to notice them and let them know like, Hey, you know, we missed that you weren't here yesterday, but I'm happy you're here today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great launching point for something that I want to ask you because you're living it day in and day out of, of classes of, of, you know, 20, 30, sometimes even more kids every day. And not every day is easy, right? You know, every teacher knows that sentiment of, you know, a tough day or a tough group or, you know, you're, you're kind of left feeling a little bit almost dejected at times of, you know, this is really hard. So when you talk with other teachers or even when you kind of self-check in, um, with yourself, what are some things or, or, or skills or kind of points you picked up along the way that you felt like no matter how, how tough things get, I can kind of go back to these little cues or tips that I can kind of stay in it and not let, you know, a couple bad things ruin, you know, the rest of my day or rest of my week. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, uh, John Gordon, he, he writes, he has a, a bunch of great books. If, if you haven't heard of him, just look his name up on Amazon. He has so many good um, just quick reads that just really help develop that positive mindset. And in one of his books, he talks about how like, you know, it's this, this cue that you use with yourself where you say there's never a bad day, only bad moments. And so what you do is you try and keep your day in perspective. And an analogy that I, that I got from that is uh, imagine that I give you $86,400 and people have probably heard this before, but imagine I give you $86,400 every single day, like at 1201, your account gets flushed with that amount of money. Um, so imagine now that I take away 600 of that. Like, are you going to throw away the remaining money? No, no, nobody's going to do that. And what that is, is that accounts for the amount of seconds that are in a day. You have 86,400 seconds in a day. Are you really going to let a bad five minutes really like take your road, take your day off track and, and just completely destroy what you have left of your day? So uh, it's one of those things that just like keep things in perspective. Like there's never a bad day. There, there's only, only bad moments, you know? Yeah. I like that. And I've, I've heard of uh, John Gordon. I've never read too much of his stuff. So I'll definitely have to go check out more. Cause that 
I think that puts it into a lot of uh, a great perspective is, you know, how are you going to then come into the next classroom still with that weight on your shoulders or, or, you know, what can you do to get it off your shoulders so that that next, however many seconds that we're, that we're adding up can, can kind of move on and, and do well with the next group or whatever it may be. Right. And, and another one of those things too, that I, I've gotten from him is, uh, you know, simply just a changing of the verbiage that you use. Um, and I use this with my students. I use it with other teachers that I talk with at times. I use it with the athletes that I coach. But when you replace the word have to with get to, like, for instance, uh, if you say, you know, oh, we have we have to have class today or we have to do this lesson today, like switch, you know, flip the switch on that and say, hey, guys, you know, we're really fortunate. We get to do this today. Like for my athletes, for instance, you know, we get to practice today. Today is an opportunity for us to get better instead of being like, oh, no, we have to practice today. You know, it's just that that switch in your verbiage right there completely can turn around the entire environment that, you, that you're creating for your classes, your, your teams that you maybe coach um, just by switching those two things with replace have to with get to. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what you think about with the different groups. Cause obviously in the past few years you've worked with every age, do you feel like that resonates with certain age groups more than others? Um, or do you feel like that's a pretty common message that just about anybody can pick up on? Uh, I think it's a pretty common message. However, uh, you know, for instance, the elementary level, those kids are excited about everything. I mean, they're, they're very energetic. It's, it's really difficult as a PE teacher to, to have an elementary PE class and not be energized by what those kids bring to the table because they are just so excited about life. Uh, and and it's, it's really, it's a fun environment. Um, but yet, you know, with the high school level that I'm at now, you know, at the end of the day, yes, they're young adults, but they're kids at heart. So like when, when you let them know that you are happy to be around them and you feel lucky to be around them and you're looking forward to teaching them, uh, that, that really bodes well for them because they sometimes don't hear that enough. And when they, when they hear it, especially in a school setting, that, that someone's looking forward to seeing them and hanging out with them every day and teaching them every day, that, that really sometimes they may not show it, but it really hits them and, and they really enjoy that. And they enjoy coming to your class. Yeah, for sure. And I'd love to, I'd love to press you on something because I want to hear what you think. And, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So, so hear me out. Go ahead. Um, you know, I think there's always going to be, and I, I do this sometimes on other episodes, is the, the teacher that says, all right, that sounds great, Nick. But when I got 30 kids and half of them are cutting loose and half of them are going crazy, like I got to get everybody in order. I got to be stern. I got to be strict. I, you know, I can't sprinkle in all the positivity fun and everything else because I'm not going to get through the class or get through what we need to do you've probably ran into a teacher like that here or there at a conference or you know just in your passing career what do you do to answer that type of thought how do you combat that type of mentality with with teachers that might not might hear this and say okay that sounds too good to be true the the best thing I can say is that once again it's all about establishing relationships with those kids and yes, I, once again, not immune to it whatsoever. I've had my fair share of bad days and I'm going to have bad days from time to time from here on out. Uh, but it's when you establish those relationships with those kids, a big thing I always, and I'm really big with uh, mental and verbal cues of myself. And one of the big things I, I always really like to say to myself is, uh, you know, praise loudly, critique softly. 
So if you have a kid or a couple kids acting up, you know, instead of making a scene in front of everybody about them, you know, pull them aside. And, and the big thing is, you know, make it a personal conversation. Just be like, hey, you know, I'm really trying hard to, to, to educate you and help you out. And I want you to enjoy my class. Like, what can I do to help you? Like, I, I get that you're not liking what's going on right now or, or something's causing you to act up. Like, what can I do for you? It's that whole servant leadership mindset that, that I'm a huge believer in is, you know, the teachers are here for the kids. It's not the other way around. It's not, I'm going to tell you to do this and you're going to do it. It's what can I do to create the best learning environment for you? And what can I do to help you learn this, this material that I'm trying to teach you? And when you have, like, I have found good success when you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with those kids. Or, or maybe a couple of them that are possibly acting up when you have that adult conversation with them, like, like, Hey, I want what's best for you. Like, you know, I like you, I, I care about you, but please help me out. Like, what can I do differently to, to reach you? Cause obviously what I'm doing now is not, not reaching. You. Yeah. And I think in, in my own coaching experience, I've, I've felt that a few times where it's like, sometimes I'm just quick to jump and, and I'm, I fall victim of being, you know, right on top of somebody or maybe not as, as soft to criticize as I should be. And, and not only what can I do to help you or what can I do to make this better for you and your experiences, sometimes it's just plain as even more simple of like, what's going on, you know, because maybe it's something completely outside of how class is going or how practice is going, but something bigger than that, you know, how their week is going or their day is going. And, you know, you can't control that those types of things, but you can build that relationship and start to connect with them on those, those as well. And another thing I, I try and stress to myself, sometimes I'm not as great about it as I should be, but after you can't just like have that conversation and then they're going to, they're going to act appropriately most times after that conversation, but you can't just forget that that conversation happened. Like now, like maybe the next class or a couple of classes later, if they're acting, like make it a point to be like, Hey, like, I'm so happy, like, you're doing such a, you know what I mean? Go out of your way to tell them that you appreciate that you didn't have to have that conversation again. Like, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like, because if you don't do that, then it, kids have really good intuition. Like, that's one of the reasons, many reasons why I love this profession, because I, I'm a firm believer, and this is just my personal belief, that, you know, some of the best teachers I've ever met are also some of the best people I've ever met. They're not hypocritical. Like, they practice what they preach. And kids pick up on that. Like they have great intuition. And if they, they internally realize how you're a good person, like they're going to react well in your classroom as well. You know, I, I hope that makes sense. No, um, I think it does. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's a big thing. And there have been times too, and I'm sure there may be teachers listening. There's been times where I, where I have had to address a class as a whole, because you get a couple kids that, that maybe get off task and then it motivates the other ones to get off task. And, and it, Sometimes you just have a classroom discussion about the behavior that's going on. And, you know, as long as it's productive and as long as you're honest and upfront and real with the kids, I've found it to be successful. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a cool point that you made. And I think what is a great segue into what we sort of talked about before we jumped onto the podcast was sort of the, the burdens and, and bearings of being a teacher and a coach and having so much on your plate is, you know, sometimes it's hard to kind of practice what you preach or carry it on into your, your next steps. And, and you kind of made mention to it of not only doing it on your day to day in school, but how does it apply as a teacher, you know, outside of school? How do you carry that on outside of school, what you're trying to get your kids to follow up on? I'd love to hear kind of how you break that down in your own thought process. 
Yeah, so um, the, the world kind of trains us, unfortunately, nowadays to kind of pe- be like, uh, you know, pessimistic, like to, to just, there's, we're filled with a whole bunch of negativity because unfortunately we're in a time right now where negativity kind of sells. So uh, it's really easy, you're a product of your own environment. And if you're around a negative environment, it's gonna be really difficult to, to remain a positive person. Uh, however, I'll tell you a quick story of uh, something that, that I always, preach to pretty much almost anybody I meet. Um, I, one of the things I do with my, my athletes actually is uh, I'm a softball and a baseball coach. And one thing I do is we have what's called culture class where we come in to a classroom setting for about 20 to 30 minutes. And we focus on, um, you know, what it takes to just be a good person. Cause the goal of high school athletics, like, yes, obviously if a kid wants a scholarship, I want to do everything I can to help them get a scholarship. But at the end of the day, the purpose of high school athletics is, is to help kids learn how, how to be a better person and how to be the best person they can possibly be. And the idea behind these culture classes is to kind of preach that. Um, but anyways, one of the stories that, that I tell and that really applies to my everyday life is Mike Matheny is a, a baseball coach. He's a manager of the Kansas City Royals. He used to be the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, and he used to play for the Cardinals. Um, he told a story one time I was at one of his speeches. And there's this old St. Louis Cardinals outfielder. His name's Willie McGee. Uh, he's a, in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Really well, well-known player in St. Louis baseball. And he's now a coach on their coaching staff. But he told Mike Matheny one day that there are two types of people in this world. Um, and everybody falls under one of these categories. There's those that light up the room when they walk in. And there's those that light up the room when they walk out. Which type of person are you going to be? And that just really, you know, I think good leadership principles, good principles in general, um, stick with people when they're told in a story format. You know, I'm hoping that anybody that listens to this, if they take anything away, they take that story away. Because, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether you're teaching, whatever you're doing in your life, just remind yourself, like, am I going to be the type of person that brings energy to the room? Or am I going to be the person that takes energy away from the room and people are glad I left the room? You know? Yeah. Uh, I, and I think that's a great a great point and a great thing to think about as you're any room that you walk into, it, it, that's a fun way to look at it. And it, like you said, a good story and a, a good impact. The one I use, and maybe I'll have to try yours out with my kids, is sometimes when we start to get a little negative about other people or other groups is don't, uh, don't and I'm going to now I'm going to botch it. It's, oh, um, blowing out somebody else's candle doesn't make yours burn brighter, um, which is another one that I heard however many years ago and I don't know who said it, but that seems to just pick up with kids. Yep. too. It's like, Oh yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So this so, has been, this has been fun. I'm going to take a quick break. If, if that's okay, when we jump back in, I'm going to just kind of, we're going to close up with uh, just something that we talked about a little bit in terms of both your role as a teacher and a coach and how it all kind of has grown together. If that sounds good with you, Nick. Sounds excellent. All right. We'll be right back. While we're taking this quick break of Chalk Talk, please go to platform.com. That's plt4m.com. You heard Nick on the front half of the episode talk about Molly Collins' article and the five points that she had about motivating students. We talked about one in particular, but go check out the other four. We'll link that article right in the blog post itself. And there's also lots of other great content coming out from physical education teachers like Molly Collins, Nick on this podcast, and many other folks in the space of education. So go check that out at plt4m.com. And with that, we'll jump back into the show. 
All right, we are jumping back in with Nick. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. So um, I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. Absolutely. And I know uh, you are jumping off in, into class in a few minutes and I am running to, to swim practice myself. So we will uh, briefly wrap up here and, and both get on with our days. But I, I want to jump back into something that we talked about almost at the beginning of the episode um, about how you kind of look at what you're doing as a teacher into what you're doing as a coach and how it all sort of intertwines into one. And I think it really kind of will sum up this kind of positive positivity podcast in a really nice way. So do you mind kind of breaking down what you kind of view your coaching hat and how it overlaps with your teacher hat? I thought you had a really great way of kind of talking about that um, when we got to know each other the other day. Yeah. So with teaching and coaching, um, the way I view them, they're, they're very similar things. I think some of the best coaches out there, some of the best coaches ever, you know, John Wooden's a great example. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, coach of the Clemson Tigers football team right now. Great example. Some of the best coaches of all time are also some of the best educators. Okay. Um, Cause at the end of the day, in my eyes, coaching is teaching, you know, whatever state organization, if you're a high school coach, whatever organization, or even NCAA, um, a big thing, if you look at their, you know, priorities or their principles of why they have extracurricular athletics, they always have to some extent, they mention that it's an extension of the classroom. And I, I really take that to heart because it really is, you know, I'm a baseball and a softball coach, but at the end of the day, I'm a teacher for those kids and I'm just using baseball or softball as the vehicle to teach them other things. You know, the curriculum may be a little bit different, but I'm trying to teach them things that's going to create success for them on the field, but also to create success for them off the field and whatever they choose to do and choose to pursue outside of school. Cool. And do you feel like there's kind of an overlap in terms of that, um, you know, what you're teaching in the classroom and what you're teaching on the field in terms of like keeping it positive and things like that? Because obviously we start to tie in winning and losing and all of these other elements to coaching. Do you feel like you can still carry that into sports just like you have in PE or does it certain things kind of make it a little bit harder or easier in, in some circles or not. Yeah, obviously, you know, winning and losing, um, sometimes that throws a wrench in the mix and can, it can make that whole positivity thing a, a little bit more difficult. However, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you just stay the course and be the same person, whether you're winning or whether you're losing. And, and if the kids want to, once again, as any good teacher, also to any good coach, you can't be good at those things and be a hypocrite. Like you have to, you have to, you're the, you're guiding the ship and you have to let them know like how they're supposed, you know, if they're losing, how they can use this as a learning opportunity. Cause that's what it is. And that's a big thing I preach. You know, it's not failure. I don't like to use the word failure. It's a, it's a learning opportunity. You know, um, there, there's plenty of people and plenty of stories you can find out there of how many times people failed in their lives before they became successful. And it's one of those things where, you know, as a team, you're going to fail multiple times uh, throughout the season, however, or fail individually too. But that's how great things are accomplished. Nothing great was ever accomplished. Nobody has ever said the quote of that's done anything great. Nobody's ever said, oh yeah, I just tried it one time and I, I, I <laughs> was successful. I mean, that was it. No, every single person that has ever achieved anything worth noting in this world always has a story of trials and tribulations. And the people that achieve great things are the ones that were able to stay the course and realize, Hey, this may not be where I want to be today. We may not have gotten the result we wanted today. 
However, we're going to stay the course. We're going to figure out how to fix this and we're going to be better because of it. It's, it's having that whole, you know, telescope vision of, of where you're headed in the big picture. Yeah. And, and I think the idea of learning opportunities there is important because obviously it's a lot easier to be having fun when you're winning than losing at times. Um, but if you can look at some things as learning opportunities, it, it's a good, it's a good kind of life lesson to take from it. I think that's where yes. folks like myself and, and you teaching weight training classes and things like that is like, you know, on the field, we might not be experiencing the success we want, but we're gaining all these things off the field from your culture class to getting stronger, getting, you know, all of the right. other elements that we don't always see on like a scoreboard are, are things that as a teaching perspective, just kind of tying it all back are going to carry way past, you know, the, the, um, the classroom or the, the school year or, you know, when graduation hits, those things carry way past that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I always say is culture is easy when you're winning. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're winning, like, you know, building a culture and sticking to your principles, it's super easy when everything's going right. It's, it's when true character is showing up when things aren't going, going well or going the way you'd like them to. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, I think this is a, a great place to wrap up just on a quicker second half of the episode, just cause we, we dove into so much on the first half. Um, anything else just in, in terms of last parting words for other teachers, whether it's thinking about things positively or how to attack a day or a week, or how about this? I'll, I'll circle back for one last question of, we're coming up on, you know, that mid year lull, right? What's one thing you do as we start to check into the, the middle of the year as things kind of start to feel like they might drag on a little bit that you do to kind of check in or keep things fresh and, and positive. Uh, well, one of the things actually that I did um, I'm doing right now with my, I have a freshman PE class uh, and you know, there are some sophomores intermingled in there, but one of the things I did, and this is a lot for high school teacher PE teachers is Right now we're having elementary middle school week. So the kids kind of sat down with me um, at the beginning of this week and told me all of their favorite games. I'm sure even adults can name their favorite. I can name some of my favorite games I had in elementary PE. And so one of the things to spice it up that I do at the end of the semester is right now we're having elementary middle school PE. So like today in PE, right now when I get off here, I'm going to go play Sharks and Minnows with Oh, a bunch nice. of freshmen and sophomores, you know, yep. they, they, we made a huge list of all the games they remember from elementary PE that they wanted to play. Cause once again, they, they love being kids, you know, sometimes they may act too cool to be kids, but you know, at the end of the day, they are kids at heart and, and they like reliving those days. So giving them that opportunity. And then another thing I do, uh, cause I know we hit another lull. A lot of teachers do, uh, right when you get around spring break in a couple sure. months. And there's this quote out there. I can't accredit it to anybody. I don't know who said it. I just saw it. Uh, but it says, and I put it in my grading binder and I read it before every single class. And it says, don't count down the days until summer. Instead, make the days count. How would you feel inside if people were counting down the days until they were no longer with you daily? You know, it's just one of those things where like make every single day count because the impact you, we chose this profession as teachers and educators to make an impact. And make sure you make a positive impact on those kids. Because if you're just sitting there counting down the days until you don't see them anymore, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember anything else that you tried to teach them. Right. Cool. Well, I think everybody listening to this can definitely get a little pep in their step uh, with all the positivity that you have, Nick. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Doug. I really appreciate it. And I'm just going to tell people to 
check out the platform blog because there's so many good articles on there uh, that, that talk about everything from PE to coaching to strength and conditioning. It's, it's really a good resource for teachers. <laughs> and I promise there was no money under the table for Nick. To no, say that. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm dead serious. I made notes and I, I read some of the articles today, actually. So. Well, I, oh, I appreciate that. Then that's on short's notice too, since we reached out to you just a couple of days ago to see if you'd want to be on the podcast. So I'm impressed. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again to Nick. Uh, you know, go check out our website, as he said, um, feel free to go to platform.com. Lots of great stuff coming out and, you know, hopefully a lot more in the coming months. So, uh, for everybody listening, keep up the great work and remember at platform, it's always in pursuit of better.